Hello, everyone. Welcome to Free Reverie, hosted by your one and only Jujubee. If you haven't noticed, that's me. This is a podcast talking about anything and everything. Make sure to follow me on my social media, Snapchat, JBSU, Instagram, JBSU18, and Twitter, at Perfect Flute. Now let's get talking. Symphony. Welcome to another episode of Free Reverie. I actually have a unique guest this time. It is not a musician, and again, it is not Linwood Storm. This is someone quite different, and would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks so much for having me on the show, first of all. No problem. My name is Ari Gunsberg. I am a not musician. (laughs) Sorry. Little secret, I I dabble in piano and guitar, so maybe I can't even make that statement. Amateur. You're an amateur musician. <laughs> very, very amateur. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm a wilderness liaison and a motivational speaker. So do you want to explain what that is? Uh, the motivational speaker, I feel like a lot of people would probably understand, and I'm happy the to explain The wilderness liaison. He's being a smart-ass, everyone. I'm, all right, all right. <laughs> Call me out on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the wilderness liaison, basically um, – I try to help people experience the great outdoors. That's the liaison part of it. I try to make it easier and more accessible than it necessarily may be for somebody who hasn't been out there. So for somebody who goes backpacking all the time or long distance canoeing or kayaking, whatever it is, they, they've been out, they know what they're doing. They're, they're okay with going out. They're okay with the idea of, okay, I'm planning a trip and here's what I need to bring. But for the people who haven't been out there, there are so many unknowns that it's just, it's too scary and it's too, uh, too, too overwhelming to go out there by themselves. Right. And so what I try to do is I try to make it that they can essentially jump through a lot of the hoops by saying, okay, here's the gear list. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to this. You know, we've got trained guides on the trip with you. We all know what we're doing. And, and the reason why I call it a liaison instead of just a plain old wilderness guide is that I don't want to limit myself to one type of terrain. I don't want to just be doing mountains or I don't want to be just doing canoeing or whitewater rafting or kayaking or caving or whatever it is. I like all types of trips. You know, I, you know, some winters I might want to go dog sledding another time, mountaineering another time, ice climbing another time, rock climbing another time, whitewater rafting. I mean, there's so many things to do that are really cool way out in the wilderness that I would like to do. Canyoneering is another one. So in order to be able to do all those different types of terrain and also be one of the people who are helping these people experience that i call myself a wilderness liaison to differentiate from a guide because typically guides will know their they'll know their terrain really well right right so i'm not trying to be an expert in any particular terrain i'm just trying to be an expert in being in the great outdoors uh to that effect i went recently and i got my wilderness first responder certification which is a medical certification for being out in the backcountry. but as a for instance if any any particular trip that we would be going on I would, I would be one of the, I guess you would call it a guide, but you know, one of the people who are experienced out in the backcountry with my wilderness first responder, but not the necessarily the lead guide. And and the only thing, the only time that that doesn't really necessarily apply is like if I'm doing a corporate backcountry expedition that is more focused on team building and stuff like that. Right. Um, 
so let's say backpacking stuff, in which case, you know, I'd, I'd get some people, to, some experienced backpackers together who also have the wilderness first responder certification. It's called in our vernacular, it's called the woofer. So okay. I'd find some other backpackers with the woofer, you know, experienced people who would be able to act as guides for all the new people who would be out in the backcountry. And at that point, I would probably, I would be the lead guide and the lead trainer, et cetera, stuff like that. But that's, that's one of the only instances in which, in which that would happen. Okay. So how do you, are, let's say, how are you able to actually go travel? Like, it's, are people coming to you or are you advertising it and then people come to you? Like, do they already know your business? How, how does that work? Great question. I have, so I'm, I'm, Currently, I'm focused more on the speaking end of my business. So I have those two things that I spoke about just before, the motivational speaking and the wilderness liaison. The wilderness liaison, I do mostly under one brand, which is called JTREX. And that brand is focused on doing kosher wilderness expeditions. So for the Jewish population, for the Orthodox Jewish population, rather. So that's that brand and then and then the motivational speaking includes potentially some wilderness trips if a corporation wanted to do some type of training out in the backcountry mm-hmm. uh, or if they wanted to do like a single day workshop in the back in in, in nature you know th- that's where that type of stuff would come into play so so from the jtrex thing that's kind of on to some degree on hold for right now while i'm working on just uh, uh strengthening the motivational speaking side of my my business and then um, once that's strengthened, I'm going to go and start putting a little bit more effort into getting those, you know, what we were, uh, my goal is to have two to four trips per year with that company. It's not to make uh, tons of money off of it. It's, it's the goal really is to do what I love to do and to be able to go out and see the world. Okay. And so far, where have you traveled? I've been to through that company or because of marketing efforts for that company, I have been to uh, the San Juan mountains for ice climbing and mountaineering. I've been to Yosemite for backpacking. I've been to Hocking Hills for overnight car camping. That was with the younger crowd. Uh, And then my own personal trips that I've taken to try and get photos to build up photos for that part of the business have included Shenandoah, uh, Monongahela National Forest, Black Waterfall State Park in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think, there's one. Oh, and I went to a bunch of places down in Florida recently. Um, some of the beaches up in the Panhandle, and some of the springs up in the Panhandle as well. Okay, and so as a package deal, how much would it cost to have you prepare all this for somebody? I know it would depend on a location. Um, so- yes, it does depend on location. Um, um, if we were to go to Colorado within the state, very, very subjective. It's it it always ends up changing up a little bit. Okay. Uh, the general rule is, and and I'm just talking about the general rule that I've seen so far. The trend, let's say, that I've seen in companies that are doing this type of stuff, for a plain old regular guided trip, uh, the ranges can be from between at the very low end is probably two hundred fifty dollars per day per person. And at the higher end, it's four to five hundred dollars per day per person. Wow! <laughs> and, and you understand the the higher the the guide to 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 participant ratio changes those numbers all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. You know? Of course. I mean, it just it like you said, it's very subjective. So that's um, and that's that's just that's just to go out. That doesn't start to hit into the corporate training stuff. I mean, the corporate training stuff is going to hit the high end of that. 
And depending on what you're doing and where you're going, it might hit a little bit more than that, might hit a lot more than that. It really all depends. You know, um, obviously, the further away from your main location that you go, the more it costs. Um, right. So what if someone, okay, so with the package deal, let's say if you were to have somebody and, and it included rock climbing, that's obviously extra, but you're going, do you do that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. I don't personally, I mean, let me, let's, let, I'm going to answer that in two parts. I personally rock climb. I don't personally guide rock climbing, if that makes sense. So you're not good. Okay. So let's, oh, no, 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 no. What? not good. <laughs> I'm, <kidding. laughs> I'm not as good as I used to be. <laughs> but still, for that one. But... I'm still a decent rock climber. No, it's, it's, it's a matter of the, the rock climbing starts to get into if you make a mistake while you're backpacking, when you're, you know, oh, I forgot to tell you to put your sleeping bag at the bottom and uh -huh. your backpack is a little bit uncomfortable, so we can stop and we can adjust it, no problem. But if you are making a mistake in setting up a belay anchor or setting up a uh, um, any other type of, of anchor that's going into the wall or whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, the worst case scenario there is death. So so I would need to take additional training, which I wouldn't be opposed to getting, but I would need to take additional training in order to be a rock climbing guide, in order to feel comfortable being a rock climbing guide. I, I know how to do the belaying, and I, and I uh, for my own personal trip that didn't have anything to do with my business, I might feel comfortable enough to set up an anchor, but I would not do it as a guide un until I would get all the training to be a certified rock climbing guide. Like an expert, nonetheless. Right, but again, but again right? One that's so, so confident that you know you're not going to cause a fatality. Right. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing with rock climbing. I mean, first yeah. of all, there's no way to predict the future. But second of no. all, you always, it's all about the redundancy. You know, you mm -hmm. just create multiple redundancies all over the place and make sure that, you know, try to imagine what would happen if certain equipment would fail and, and what, would, what would that, what chain reaction would that set off and how can you adjust for that? Um, you have to be able to know the locations that would be safer to have people rock climb versus ones that would be a little bit more for those that are a little bit more advanced. So like you yeah. don't want to take someone who's just learning to an area that they're going to be struggling in, whereas they could be in an area where they could get it done in Absolutely. a first amount of time. So you have to be like an expert at that as well. As right. an example, uh, when when a trip that I took did our first little bit of ice climbing they took us to the kids wall <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's probably gonna be me because i've never rock climbed mm -mm. yeah well so i mean for ice climbing it's it's really all i mean rock climbing is all about the footwork but ice climbing is really all about the footwork so so they took us to the kids wall because they're like you're gonna climb with just your feet we're not giving you any axes until you've done until you've gotten the footwork down and then we can start working the axes into what you're doing and that was very cool because it, it forced everybody to really pay attention to what their feet were doing. And then when we went onto the bigger walls and we were using the foot, the feet and the hands and the axes, it, it, it allowed us to, it allowed us to, to, to multitask, do like yeah. know your footwork and not really think about it. Right. Got it. I mean, that is really smart. That really is really smart. I know that in college they had this rock climbing wall. I'm, what, co uh -huh. what college? What's your alma mater? Ball State. Ball State. Ball State University. Ball State University. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, I mean, I feel like they're putting a lot. I feel like they're putting a lot more rock walls in universities because it's 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 becoming much more of a of a of a normal cultural thing to go rock climbing. You know, they're they're building up yeah. a bunch of rock climbing gyms here in Cleveland right now. 
Well, they had this wilderness thing too, where you could go canoeing and all this stuff. It was a tire package deal, and it was for like the summer. That's that. awesome. Yeah, so, that, so they had all this hmm. where you could rock climb and do all that stuff, but they also taught the safety of it within um, the gym because the gym was huge. You had the um, weight room, obviously. You had the gym, and then you had this area where they prepared you, and so they it was like this club. It was a, I believe, it was a wilderness club. And um, I remember checking it out, but not really wanting to go because at the time, it was just one of those, I didn't have the ability to just take a summer off and not have the funds. Like I I had to work for a lot of what I had. And so, and it cost quite a bit to go because they, they traveled a lot. So they do. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it looked really, really cool. I just could not afford it. So I'm quite envious of the fact that you get to travel everywhere and uh jealous too so (laughs) so by the way so (laughs) so the it was actually the wilderness program director at bowling green state university who was the sponsor for the wilderness first responder course that we took yeah and the gentleman who gave the course the instructor is actually actually used to work over there at bgsu so that was very cool because he knew all the staff and, and and we actually all not all, but a lot of us who were in from out of town, we uh, slept over in the rock climbing room. You know, it was just like, hey, you guys are wilderness people. If you guys want to sleep over here, no problem. Just, you know, crash on the floor and enjoy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, oh, so so as far as that goes with the wilderness camp type stuff, uh, I you know, that's one of the things that I'm working on doing potentially. Uh, if I can find a few people to get it off the ground this summer, if not, then I will be working on getting it off the ground for next summer. But mm-hmm. taking um, instead of college students, I would be looking to take some teenagers, teens at risk, and getting them out into the middle of nowhere and 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 allowing them to reconnect with themselves first of all, because so many people are so connected to the internet and so mm-hmm. connected to everything around them, myself included. You know, it's it it. <laughs> It's an amazing thing. That time away. Yeah. Right. Well, I would and love then, to learn. Like they say you can follow the stars and, you know, no direction and everything that just by the stars. And I'm like, that is so cool. Like it's incredibly no, cool. Yeah. So, and um, we were recently, I, I grew up with hardly any phone. So we were recently in the Smithsonian and they actually have a whole exhibit showing you how to triangulate via the stars. That would be pretty awesome. I would it love to take a trip really like cool. that. So, what so it's just down in D.C., by the way, and you just, they're free. I'm saying the museums are free. Well, yeah, the museums. I'm like, if I were to go on this trip, where would be the best place to go first, in your opinion, within the States? To do what? Mm, I don't know. Just, okay. Have you, when's the last time you went hiking? I've never gone hiking. Okay, so a good place to start would be local. <laughs> you know okay. just just um uh you know here i'll i'll tell you right now I, and by the way um uh, you know you have a you have a kid and and so the sooner you get him out and walking around in the woods the, the more comfortable he'll be out there yeah of course and i plan to do that because i grew up with you know camping every now and again and stuff like that and i love nature I oh so you, oh, so you've been so you've been hiking a little bit if you've been car camping you have to have been hiking <laughs> I guess you could consider it. I mean, I've been biking and stuff like that. Like that's what we did. Fishing, obviously. Yeah. So I mean, just just looking on Google Maps quickly, you have Hoosier National Forest over in your the same state as you, 
Big Oaks National Wildlife Refuge, uh, Brown County State Park, Morgan Monroe State Forest. And I don't know what city you're near, um, but like near Indianapolis, you have Eagle Creek Park. And a lot of these places will have like maybe paved roads or or not. And like you can like look around online and you don't want to go to a big place that you might get lost in. You know, you want to, you want to go to places. It actually has a small little path. Just letting you know. And there, in my hometown, there is, um, it's not a forest. It's the woods. Okay, there's a difference. It's the woods. And there is a path. And I guess you can say it's hiking. And within it, there's little areas where they have, like, little exercises and stuff. Oh, yeah, I know what you do. Those things. Yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, they are. And it's, it's pretty clever. And um, so you just, I had the bright idea of going in, in the dark. And people stopped me for some reason. <laughs> I, I may or may not have been under the influence at the time. So people were like, no, oh, we're yeah. not doing this. I'm like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nothing will hurt us. You know, I think so. And then I got out my phone, had my flash, you know, on. And they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I forgot. And back to beer, I went, I mean, back to whatever I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean so so you have I mean you have parks nearby and then and then as you start to lengthen your hikes out, you know, you you're going to want to talk to people. I mean, there's a lot of things to cover, you know, uh, what clothes to wear, never wear cotton when you're going outdoors if it's going to rain or anything. I mean, really never wear cotton when you're going outdoors. But you know, if you're only going out for a little bit, then don't worry about it so much. Um mm-hmm. if it's not going to rain or if it's not going to be cold. Or if it's not going to snow, but then you know what, what, how much food to bring, how much water to bring, because you always want to make sure to keep on drinking water, because in order to stay hydrated, uh, you know, so so you can lengthen it up a little bit, unless you, if you find like an outfitter that is going to do like a backpacking trip, like a lot of times, are if you have an REI local to you, they may they may have some, they may have some uh, backpacking trips within driving distance of you, and then you know you jump on, you get the gear that they have on their list. And you go out for a two, three, four day backpacking trip. And they'll, a lot of those trips or, or hikes with people who have been hiking before, they'll start to cover all those different little things that you need to know to be out and be safe. That's really cool. That'd be disconnect. The only issue now is at any time people want to travel, there's the urge to take a photo. So right. I don't know, guys. They, I, I don't know if there's disposable cameras anymore. I really don't. Um, I so I, I urge people to buy a camera separate, and if you don't feel like buying a camera separate, then turn your phone on airplane mode and resist the urge to turn it off airplane mode. Yeah, I've got uh, my own camera. That wouldn't be a problem. I could just bring that, you know, whatever. Uh, but still, uh, you don't want to carry that extra weight either. The phone is just, it's lighter. Uh, but I, I can leave it. I can leave it wherever. And the, the, truth is, the truth is also is that depending on how often you upgrade your phone, you can actually use your your last model phone to take the pictures. Get a prepaid be, phone. Get a prepaid phone, and that way you can buy you can buy a phone on 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 eBay just to use as a camera. There you go. You know, get an I or get an just, old yeah. iPhone that's a five or a six or a seven or something, and and they have pretty oh, good cameras no. on them. They have really good cameras on them. I have just, the oldest one I've got is a four S. <laughs> it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. The quality, everything. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, just bring a separate camera. They're really not that much. Uh, you can get one under a hundred bucks, easy. 
Uh, right. You don't need anything too fancy. Um, but yeah, disconnect from the phone. I think that's great advice. Um, you know, nature has so much to offer. And, you know, I loved camping. I loved, like I said, I grew up in the country. So um, the, hearing the crickets and stuff at night put me to sleep. So when I moved into the city because of college, it was terrible. It was a terrible experience, too noisy. I mean, it was just awful. <laughs> so I think I would actually enjoy a trip um, doing something like that. But I think I'd honestly do it with a group of friends. I think well, it's that's, better that yeah, way. I mean that's the, that way, so. that way. yeah absolutely and then and then if you don't want to get your feet like totally wet in the middle of the nowhere wilderness you can always do like car camping you know i mean it's 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 still getting yourself out there you know but you're you're able to bring all the amenities that you want to bring in your car and just unload it directly into the campsite wherever you are yep i want to travel to um outdoor theaters <laughs> i'm not sure oh you mean like uh um drive-ins you stay in your your car yeah <laughs> you there you go yeah, because I grew up with that too, and then they tore it down. Well, they they still have them here and there, not not very many. It's so bad. I'm like, I love the outdoor experience. It was it was awesome. Uh, it's bigger yeah, screen, everything. Also, by the way, being in the state that you're in, if you're willing to do make the long drive, uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan is supposed to be gorgeous, with a lot of really cool stuff going on over there. I will definitely plan that because my wife and I really want to do something like that. I think like during vacation or whatnot. And uh, we were actually talking about it. He's <sighs> poor thing. He's trying to prepare me for a marathon too. And <laughs> How's I that say, going? I say poor thing. Cause I'm trying to handle a mile. Okay. I'm trying to handle at least five minutes without huffing and puffing to get to a mile. It's just been years since I've, because uh, I used to be a swimmer and stuff, and it's just been years uh, since high school. Well, keep keep in mind that the 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 cardiovascular need to swim, the cardiovascular um, output to swim is going to be different than what's going on with the running. So well, if your yeah. body's just not used to it, it's, <laughs> yeah, well, it won't I be like out a lot and stuff jump in right back into it. It would be it would be much different. You just have to re. It's it's letting your body relearn the whole entire thing. Yeah, I used to be a sprinter in middle school and all that stuff. I used to actually be fit. And then I had my son. Obviously, I had I went to college and stuff prior to that. And it just, when you go from exercising so much to not doing it enough, it puts a lot of toll on your body. So yeah. I'm learning how to try to go there. He's running like 22 miles, no problem. Mm -mm. No, it's just, it's just not, it's not working for me. And, yeah, I, I want to do a marathon one day. I'm not sure exactly when. I gotta, I gotta free up some time in my schedule in order to be able to do it. Uh, you know, I've done, I've done a century on the bike. So, <laughs> as far as I know, it seems like it's about the same physical expenditure. It's just that I, I like biking a lot more than I like running. Yeah, I think I would prefer that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, he wants to prepare me to run a marathon and everything like that, and uh, that way he has sort of like a companion I don't know and I'm just yeah. like poor thing I I don't know what to tell you because I I don't think I'm going to get there I really don't because I don't have the need to run long distances never have probably never will but I'll attempt it whatever um <laughs> so when traveling uh has there been any scary moments um, thank God, nothing, nothing, 
nothing terribly scary that I can think of. Um, and, and when I say terribly scary, I mean like like an actual fright that that you know sent our adrenaline pumping like crazy. We were like, <gasps> whoa, you know, like nothing, nothing <laughs> like that, nothing, nothing like that. Thank God. But right. there was a moment in Colorado when we were uh, we were mountaineering, so we were on snowshoes because it's all a bunch of fine powder snow up there, and it's very deep. And so you've got these snowshoes, and you've got on a 40-pound pack or so. And the trail that we were going on led right up to the edge of this cliff. And, and like, we're on snowshoes, so the footing is not great. You know, it's not like a pair of boots that you're used to wearing. You're wearing these things that you're just not used to wearing. They're huge. They catch on each other sometimes. And we got right up to this cliff, and it went down probably 500 feet, 1,000 feet, a long way down. And, and the guy like turns around and he's like, you know, just make sure you grab onto these branches. And we're not talking like, we're not talking, I mean, we were like pretty high up elevation wise. So no big substantial trees that, you know, you're grabbing onto a nice branch that's, you know, the size of your forearm or anything. I mean, we're talking like, like twigs on the side of the little tiny spruce tree that's barely making it because it's up at 12,000, 13,000 feet, whatever it is. He's like, yeah, just, just grab onto a bunch of the tree and, and, and walk past the cliff. We're like, okay. Right. <laughs> Cause we're like, you know, nobody's really necessarily, I mean, we were used to being balanced at that point, but it was, it's just, it, if you're scared of heights, it would be, a, it could potentially be a showstopper. Um, if you're not scared of heights, you know, so he, he, we were talking, I was talking to him at one point and I was like, you know, when, at what point do you pull out the ropes? You know, cause there's different class of terrains. And I was wondering, like, as a guide, at what point he would pull out the ropes. So five, a class five terrain is basically rock climbing. Class four is, is pretty close to rock climbing. And class three is kind of like an in-between. Mm-hmm. So he was saying, like, maybe a class, you know, maybe I'll pull it on a very tough class three, but probably not until class four. Maybe he even said, like, higher than that. And I was like, well, what happens if you fall? He looks at me, he's like, you just don't fall. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh you know so that was, but again like that's that's when he's out with his friends i think he was saying that like even on class fours he wouldn't necessarily use a rope yeah but um but when you're guiding you know you have to be you have to follow safety first rules so okay all right i i, I kind of like when traveling and stuff i don't know if you've ever seen that movie the descent the descent the caving movie yes yeah Have terrifying. You been caving i've been caving yeah before oh, that that was the experience because i honestly that movie was phenomenal, and I only they did a really good job with it. The second one was terrible. The first I didn't one see the second. Amazing. I don't know if I saw the second one. The first one terrible. was amazing and it's terrifying. Not, okay, because I'm gonna spoil it because it was a terrible movie. Anyways, second so, one. Yes. Oh, you can spoil terrible. the second one. I don't care. Okay, because you know Sarah, she makes it right. Well, I I don't remember the names of the characters. I I okay, remember. I the do. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So Sarah, Sarah makes, makes it. it. Oh, yes. maybe I did see the second yeah, one. Remember, she makes it out. Whatever. Yep. Well, then her story kind of goes viral, and um, so they want to bring her back, and she's like, "I don't really want to," and they talk her into it. Whatever. She has to go through all of this again. Uh, typical thing. Whatever. But when she gets out, you know the guy that takes them down there. Oh wait. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, anyways, let me backtrack. When her story was made viral, they created a elevator to go in the cave instead of uh, how they got in in the first place. Like in the right, they place. laid down, right? Yeah, 
yeah and this one they actually have like this elevator or whatnot well the guy that takes them down there is the guy <laughs> when sarah gets out hits her across the head and feeds her to this at the end of the descent part two yeah so he's, he he's taking humans that he finds and he's purposely taking them down there to feed these monsters okay that seems kind of like anticlimactic if the heroine from both movies gets killed at the end of the second one doesn't it yeah yeah well it was it like i said it was terrible <laughs> yeah i just like are you freaking kidding me she makes it out yet again and this is what happens Jeez. that kind of seems kind of dumb yeah so i may have seen it i don't remember but i'm not phenomenal. at this point I, i'm not gonna see it I think it was just because the idea creating something that was in a cave and the way that these creatures looked, it was just a phenomenal story. And, right, they um, did a so, really good job with it. Yeah, so I feel like if I were in a cave, I'm going to consistently think of that film. Not that it scared me, but it was just like, it's one of those like... So, I mean, so okay, so I've been caving, you know, and like, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been caving. It's probably been almost 20 years, but it was absolutely amazing you know but on the other hand I, I i don't know how to describe this there's like this feeling of claustrophobia that that is just maybe maybe it's because i have like latent latent parts of it but i feel like probably everybody has this like this like feeling of claustrophobia right behind that door that like if they really open up that door and started letting it out they might get freaked out right and maybe that's where the claustrophobic people are are messed up because they actually open up the door and start examining those feelings, you know? So like the whole time I was down there, you know, like a, a, if anything popped up, I would just be like, no, 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 that's okay. Like, we're fine. It's, it's okay. But if I had started exploring those feelings, like it, it, you know, it's possible to get freaked out. And I had a great time and, and, and I, you know, me and one of the instructor, one of the teachers from the school I was with, he, we asked the instructors if we could explore a certain offshoot of the cave. He told us the, directions that that offshoot would take to get back to the front of the cave so we went together uh we split off from the group and we went together and it, it was just absolutely amazing I mean, it was it was it was a wild ride a total experience and you know there were times we were crawling and and completely flat and like basically almost just enough room for you know the height between your torso and your helmet and stuff and um you know and you got to call back to the guy behind you oh you gotta go we gotta back up you know and you have to like back up out of this like this tiny little wormhole um it's really 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 cool and then and then you like you shimmy through this tiny little hole and then all of a sudden you're in this huge cavern you're like it's mind-boggling mm. um but yeah if you ever do decide to go caving do not think of that movie like like just bottle it up I'm you not going to lie. When you can think about it afterwards. <laughs> bottle it up and just leave no, it. No, I'm not really scared. I don't really <laughs> get scared like that. It's just, I imagine things of how it could be better or I'm just like, the possibility of it could actually happening that, you know, someone was stuck down there or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, caving can be dangerous and, and, and I wouldn't recommend caving unless you're going with highly experienced people. And if you're going into an unexplored cave, and, and again, I don't know much about caving, but if you're going into an unexplored cave, I wouldn't recommend going in there unless you have, unless you are going only as far as the rope that you have that'll lead you back to the entrance, mm -hmm. or unless you are marking with like spray paint or chalk or something your way in and out incredibly careful because carefully, because it's, it is, it is not funny business to be stuck in the middle of nowhere underground 
that you don't know how to get out from. Right. Um, in that film, they show a couple of them get stuck for sure. And because they're crawling through these small holes and everything. Um, but if no one actually understands this film, what it was, was one of the friends um, was taking the, the lead character, Sarah, because she's the only one I remember. I'll be honest. Um, the name. But she was supposed to be taking them to a Taurus cave. That's, uh, that's it. But no, she took them to an unmarked cave. And that was where the trouble started. And so which, as soon as they were in, they all they needed to do was get out, right? Well, nope, there were these people that had um, adapted to the darkness. And I don't know how they were created. It never really gave off how it would be created, to be honest. I'm sensing a screenplay being sold to the studio. The Descent, the origin story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at least create a second one that was good. Yeah. <laughs> well, sequels tend to suck, so. I don't know. There are certain films that I can't there are, No, there are some sequels that are good, but I'm saying the general rule is that sequels are never as good as the original. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this movie was phenomenal, and um, I might consider caving at one point. I, I don't know, uh, because of the dangers of the cave collapsing um, and you actually getting stuck, you not knowing where the exit way is. I mean, it's just, I don't think yeah, I could for, do it that way. For that, for that type of, I mean, caves collapsing, like if, if you're going into a cave that people know about, I mean, they're, the chances of it collapsing, I, I can't imagine. They've got to be incredibly infinitesimal, tiny, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, the the stuff that you hear about stuff collapsing, that's all like active mines that people are working on. Um, the cave, the, the caving incident that happened uh, like this past year or so. Yeah, where I all the people that, got stuck. Oh that God. was that was in a seaside cave, where they were not paying attention to whether or not the tide was coming in. Right. Meaning, meaning that was human error. That was not the cave collapsing on them, to my knowledge. Okay. You know, and and a mine collapsing also is human error, not not a cave collapsing on them. So. So a cave collapsing is really, really, really unlikely. And then, and then as far as your thoughts going through your head about, you know, oh, maybe the cave will collapse. Um, you know, any time that my imagination starts walking away from me, I always just try and remind it, you know, there's many things that could happen. Yeah. But only very few of them actually will happen. Well, I mean, it's, it's life. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I oh, can 100%. die tomorrow. So I mean, it's not that I don't worry about those little things at all it's just i know especially going to a cave if someone were to i don't know dig into the side of it i mean <laughs> it just that moment it, it it could be scary and the claustrophobia might get to me a little bit too yeah i um, know i totally get that i mean caving caving is a unique is a unique sport and, and skinny in some of those holes. i don't know why anyone good. i don't know why they create such tiny holes because i've seen films people are like I'm like my fat ass would not go through that at all. There's actually in in uh, Mammoth Cave National Park, which is out in Kentucky. Yeah. They have a they they have a tour which is considered advanced or something. Or, you know, it, my, it's difficult, whatever they call it. And and they have, I believe, a hole somewhere in the the like lodge before you're allowed to go into the cave that tests if you can fit through this particular hole because if you can't fit through that hole in the lodge you can't get through the whole tour 
meaning there's one spot or two spots or whatever it is on that tour that are so tight that you need, it's like a 42 inch chest. And if you're bigger than that, you can't go. Which I thought My boyfriend would go through. I would be the one like, see ya. See you on the other side. (laughs) Well, they wouldn't, they wouldn't let you into the tour at all. I'm saying they'd be like, no, you can't go. But I mean, look, they have a lot of, they have a lot of tours that are more like front country tours, you know, where you like walk in, you check out some cool, uh, some cool caverns, some cool, cool stalactites, stalagmites, whatever it is, and then you walk back out. Um, I like the same one with the waterfall. I would love. Yeah, to see they even they waterfall. even have like like cool caves. They even have cool caving experiences. Probably where you can do like a little bit of the spelunking thing, where you crawl around a little bit, but it's not that technical. Yeah. I, you know, if you if you really wanted to go and give it a shot, I'm sure you could find something that would fit right at your comfort level. I'm life. sure I will. <laughs> I mean, it's not really on my bucket list or anything like that. I just want to go do something and take photographs of it. I want my son to experience things outside of the interwebs yeah so especially because um right now I don't even allow him to watch a whole lot of tv the only time he watches tv is most likely during dinner and because I am living in a space where the the dining area is in the living room I mean that's just what it is and so he's one and a half that's going to get his attention so he can eat and then eventually it'll be okay no tv eat like I'm training him to eat like me <laughs> as he's watching TV. So um, that's just the way it is. Kids are kids. And I'm sure you understand because we have talked outside the podcast and you have four kids. And I couldn't imagine uh, <laughs> the experiences that you've, you've had with oh, yeah. your kids. Yeah, it's, it gets pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, this is, this is why I continuously promote, like, you know, keep it local, you know, depending – you can look up online and you, I'll bet you can find some, some type of kayaking or, or canoeing or maybe even some type of rafting or, or uh, you know, hike, potentially there might be hiking clubs near you. I mean, there's so many, there's so many opportunities to get outside in, in parks that are near you that if you just open yourself up to the experience, you'll find them and you'll be able to get out there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I would, I'm going to take advantage of it. Um, so going back to the kids, because you do say that you will talk, talk about relationships. So are you married? Yep. Okay. And how long have you guys been together? Uh, almost. Uh, nope. That's not quite right. Uh, we're going on nine years, I believe. That's pretty impressive. So you guys made it two years in without kids. <laughs> uh, one year. One? I thought- no, she's, she's turning eight. Oh, okay. You still said seven. So, okay. All right. <laughs> um, so how is it raising four kids? It's good. Just, you know, it, it takes a lot of patience and, um, cause they're all young. Like you said yep. seven and then, um, you said the youngest was six months and then what were the other two? Uh, four and two. <laughs> See, it's just, at least they're not too far apart, right? Yeah, I it's it's interesting. I mean, you know, it, it takes a lot of patience. You you um you just take it one step at a time. That's that's right. the best way I, to do I'm it. I'm one yeah. of four kids. Oh, it's there you interesting, go. But I'm one of a twin. Oh. So wow, What's, what was that like growing up with a twin? I hated it, and I will always say that I hate it because girl twin or boy twin identical? Girl, identical. Why'd you hate it? it? 
because no one remembered your name. And they remember had... one of your names. <laughs> no. No. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was terrible because then half the time we were like, "Hey, twin," like, "Shut up." Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. So if they didn't remember, they would just say, "Hey, twin." Um, okay. Most of our life growing up, we had to wear exactly the same outfits up until. I guess, um, fifth grade where we started to be a little bit more individual. Right. Yeah. So my mom noticed that she, um, she was exactly, but I remember in elementary, I think it was like fourth grade. We tried to say that we could read each other's minds. And (laughs) so we're on the playground and my sister's on one end and I'm on the other. And people are are like, Oh my God, you guys read minds. Cause I was like, She's thinking about pizza. And then I just be like, oh my God, that's exactly what, I mean, she, we were just plain actors and right. everyone believed in that we could read each other's minds. However, with that being said, um, we do have these tendencies to know how someone's feeling um, or we have, um, I guess when we were apart, like when we didn't live, I live with her right now under certain circumstances, but when we lived apart, uh, my mom's like, well, first off, we dyed our hair the same color without knowing it. That's funny. Yeah. And then I got colored contacts just for fun one day and I, we go to see one another and she had done something to her eyelashes. So we were focusing on her eyes and it was just, it's weird. Like we'll have these moments where we somewhat know exactly what what we're doing but not really like you're saying there's a connection there that you guys can't quite define and can't right. quite control yeah, it's not like we're reading each other's minds it's just we're thinking of the same thing of like what to do wow it's pretty cool it had to be something different oh i was ticked i was like i got my hair done first and <laughs> i was like you need to go do it again and she was like, no, I'm not going to go do it again. I was like, yours is going to fade more. <laughs> I wish that upon you. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. I mean, it was just, yeah, we've gotten to a lot of arguments growing up because we didn't like being the same. And now we're so different and we're so used to it. I, I just, I like being my own person. So. Well, that makes sense. I'm saying nobody, nobody, nobody likes to be grouped in with other people. No. Some people, I always get that question. How was it growing up? And it, it just, I think some twins find it easier if they, I don't know, if they actually liked each other. <laughs> I don't know. We, we just, we just shared too much, you know, shared birthdays, shared everything. So it, it just got tiring. And uh, that was my experience. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I'm one for, of four kids. And so it's interesting that you say you have four kids. I don't want four kids. My mom wants me to keep the gener- you know, the, the thing going, the tradition of four kids. <laughs> <laughs> How well, far back does she have four kids in her family? Um, well, okay. Well, I'm one of four that all of our names start with J. My mom's one of four that all start with J. She wanted me to keep the tradition of J's. I mean, that's, that's only two generations. I don't know. If, is that right, quite a tradition? But she, wanted, but she wanted me to keep it going. She wants you to make it a tradition. Yeah. And well, you know what my, my son's name is? Parker. Do you, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so um, it's oh, just. You better be careful. Maybe behind your back, she calls him Jarker. No. 
uh-uh. That would be very odd. But um, it would be pretty odd. Yeah, I don't. Be very odd. I'm sure there's someone out there named that. Spelled uh, differently, but yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> we were just discussing names earlier, so you never know. <laughs> um, that could be the spelling of. The family that came here instead of Barker, it could have been Jarker. Who knows? Yep. Well, I mean, they had all those funky spellings way back when. Like, you yeah. ever seen the uh, the soft? Uh, what do they call it? The soft F that's pronounced like an S. Oh no, I haven't heard that. No, I didn't really look into it like that. I just, I think I was just trying to find out where my ancestors came from. Oh, uh, so if you look in, like, if you look at documents that were written back around the time of the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Uh, like for instance, the word succession is spelled S U C C E S, uh, small f. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe it's, I think it's called a small f, but it, it makes the s sound, but it just looks like an f. And so, in college, I remember, uh, we were doing a unit on old, on older documents, and uh, somebody had a document that was written with those s's, and and they were like, I can't, I, part of my presentation is reading this, but I can't read this because it's got these funky S's or these got these funky F's. And I was like, I, I can read it and switch them out on the fly. And so I got, it was hard. It was very hard. I got up there and I, and I did the best I could. Okay. Um, but it was, it was quite a trip. Congratulations. You made oh, it through. You. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, it was actually when I finished reading that, that they gave me my diploma. They were like, that's it. You're done. You can go. <laughs> You've excelled at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, when traveling, we'll just go back to traveling because that's something that's just very interesting to me. Because yeah, I've just, I've just, I've discussed a lot of stuff with relationships in my podcast, and I don't want to overdo it. Um, other than the fact that I do want to know how old you are, if you disclose that, because the half work is you like to travel. I'm 33. Okay. All right. I can, I can hear that. I can hear, cause I, I hear that you're young. You're a lot younger. So okay. yeah, I'm only 25. I've got my whole life ahead of me. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've got so much that I want to do and I just feel like I've, I'm not going to have enough time. And, um, yeah. So the, the secret is, is, um, and not that I know the secret from firsthand. I mean, I, I'm learning every day, but the secret always is, is take it one step at a time. Oh. You know, just, just take that next step towards your goal and take that next step towards what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, it also helps to have an idea of what your goals are because you can't get, you can't, you can't accomplish something if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish. Exactly. Yeah, so I am trying to figure out ways, like every year, I kind of want to do something with my son, like trip-wise, we're going to go see something different. I want, I want to get a map, and I want to, I want to mark where we go. I've seen that. It's very cool, by the way. Uh, A friend of mine has a map like that. He has a big world map, and he marks one color for him, one color for his wife, and a separate color for the two of them together. And um, I've seen also where people put, like, let's say they put out some pins showing where they want to go. Although the hard thing is, is that for a lot of people, you know, that they might sit there one night and like cover the whole map with pins and be like, yeah, no, I just, I just, I just want to go everywhere. Well, I think <laughs> that it would be really cool 
and I don't know how it'd be possible, but I would want my son to hold it in his hand. I mean, I, you know, if you concentrate on what you can do, then you'll at least be able to get the, you know, that's, that's going back to what we were saying before, uh, you know, take it one step at a time. Like for instance, if it's, I, I didn't, I should, maybe I should ask why, but you know, if it's a financial issue that's preventing you from going, you know, you can do a lot no, just by driving two or three hours. Oh, it's, is it? Okay. It's not that. No, I want um, to mark where we're going is where I was actually uh, going with that is I want him oh, to be able sorry. to put it within his hands. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I want it to be in like this glass shadow box. And I think it'd be really cool if the parts of the world that we were at came up in a 3D model within that glass box. And so when you turn it, you could see everywhere where we've gone. I'm not sure if I'm getting the right visual for that, but that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'd want, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but that's my vision. And I don't know how, it would, how I would do it. Of course, I'd mark everything down on paper first and then pursue that. Um, but yeah, I want to try to create like a, a 3D model of the areas that we've gone to. Like you're going to have the United States, and the United States kind of come up a little bit. It's just going to be 3D. And so then you're going to have the other areas where we've traveled together. And uh, I don't know. Or maybe just who knows where technology is going to advance to where, where we might have holograms. I mean, who knows? <laughs> I know Star Wars was on a thing, on, on something there. So yeah i mean i mean it's interesting watching technology now because a lot of the inventions that are coming out now are pe basically i would imagine people who grew up watching sci-fi who said that looks like a really cool thing let me figure out how to make it work yeah so and, you know, and we're getting we're getting we're, we're just growing and leaps and bounds and it's very cool exactly so i i, I just i want to show him so much that i didn't really get to experience yeah just have a whole lot keep him keep in mind that like you know while he's young uh he it'll be cool and you can take pictures and you'll show him and be like, yeah, we did go there, but he won't necessarily remember anything until he's, I, I, I don't know exactly what the, what the, what the average age is, but I think it's somewhere around four or five or so that yeah. they start being able to create like these lasting memories that, that in 20 or 30 years, they'll be able to say, yeah, I remember when we went to the Grand Canyon as a family or whatever. Right. But I mean, he's not going to remember the pictures stuff now. So I right. kind of document everything that I can. Even if it's the funny Snapchat photos and all that, he just, he needs that, that part of his life to be seen. That way I could show him, you know, we did a lot. Um, and so I'm excited for it. I'm excited to do something for him and for myself. Like I said, I didn't get to travel a whole lot as a kid. So I think I'm going to take advantage of um, doing it for my son. Yeah, you only live once. Pretty YOLO. <laughs> yeah, yep. pretty much. Um, so when you were traveling, did you find any sites or activities a bit off the beaten track beyond the tourist trap? Uh, one, well, when you're backpacking, everything's be off the tourist trap. You know, there's, right. there's nothing, you know, I mean, because because most tourists aren't willing to throw all their supplies onto their back and just walk miles into the wilderness. But one thing that does stick to mind is we did go, uh, we, I had asked some people who worked inside some of the high Sierra camps in Yosemite, what some cool places to check out were. And he looked, you know, pulled out the map and showed us this off trail lake 
that was sitting at 10,000 feet, you know, it's a, it's, it's pretty high elevation showed us how to get over there. And so I spoke to the guys that I was with and everybody said, yeah, let's go, let's do it. And we went up there and it was stunning. There was nobody around. It was absolutely gorgeous. Um, incredibly peaceful, incredibly calm. The view was not that great because we were there during the forest fire. So everything was hazy and smoggy, but, but I mean, we just, we went up there and we caught, we chilled out and we, we relaxed for a while and we, and we just, you know, took it easy by the lake over there for a good long while. And then we were done, we went down and, and, and really the whole time that we were off trail and then coming back down, we saw all of two people the entire time, which was, you know, for a place like Yosemite, which has, even when it has the forest fire going on, it still had a lot of people in it. That was, that was pretty cool to have, to only come across the only two people the whole time. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if you watch a lot of um, movies. Um, Not tons. Okay. Have you ever seen that movie Back Country? No, I don't think so. I think that you would enjoy it. What's and, it about? Um, <laughs> you would enjoy it to an extent. Uh, because it's, it's a little bit of a mix of like a terrifying moment. But um, what it is is these two individuals are um, hiking. Uh, they're camping doing all this stuff, but uh, there's this black bear and he gets attacked. Oh. <laughs> she, she runs, you know, she's the she's one who makes it all alive. Uh, but it's very graphic at certain turns, but I think that you like it just, um, if you like horror films, at least, or interesting films, because if you like The Descent, I'm pretty sure you'd like this film. It's not yeah, I mean, like, that was more a different... gore than that that film i mean that was a different time in my life that i watched that but maybe maybe i'll check it out yeah it's actually on netflix and i was actually appalled not really appalled but surprised of how graphic it really was because i was like oh my goodness he's just gonna get attacked by this bear i mean they went full on i mean it was terrible to watch because you know he had just proposed to her and uh, yeah, so this bear's attacking, and so she's trying to run. She she didn't remember to go down, like, off this cliff a little bit. Like, not really cliff, but where this waterfall is. He said not to go on the left, to always go on the right. And she goes on the left, and she tries to go down, and she falls, and she breaks her, the bone in her leg. I mean, and it's sticking out. You see it. And uh, yeah, it's pretty graphic, but I think that you'd like it just because it's, they show a lot of scenery and stuff like that while they're hiking and everything. So I think it would be, an, if you like The Descent, you'd like that movie. Right on. I mean, I, I watched The Descent a long time ago, but yeah, maybe yeah. I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it, but I, I am a horror fanatic, so um, it's different for me. I don't watch a whole lot of films, but when I do, I binge. Right, right, right. On some, at least. Um, so, also, what was the funniest, strangest, most insightful thing a local has said? A local? Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Let's start with the funniest. I'm I'm like trying to I'm trying to like think I'm coming up completely blank like I don't 
I don't necessarily like record, not record, <laughs> record is not quite the right word, but I don't necessarily like sit there and remember conversations word for word, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, a local has said. Or done. Um, or done. Yeah. Or like someone that you've helped um, out. If there was something funny that they've done or anything like that, like an experience that you're willing to share. Strangest or most insightful thing, said or done. Let's just say that much. I'm drawing a total blank on that. I'm sorry. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's interesting. Fine. Interesting was when I was down in Florida, down on the Panhandle. Uh, my 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 radio host recommended that I take some of the white sand and put it into a bag and bring it back home with me. That's not weird. Are you being serious or facetious? Taking white sand. Yeah. What's the significance of white sand? Well, he was saying that it's so it's so fine and it's so white that it's almost like sugar. And when you go back home, people don't necessarily believe you that the sand actually looks like that. And he was saying that there are little souvenir shops that sell it up and down the beach. So he's like, just, you know, throw some in a little in a little uh, bag or in a jar and stuff and take it home. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not that um, I would, but I'm not going to. So, I mean, maybe if I had a really cool jar with me, maybe I would have thrown it in. But like. I have enough souvenirs, you know, I think maybe not. Maybe I should have taken some, whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stress it. <laughs> I could have what? I mean, you could have taken some and then you still could have put it in a bag. And then when you got home, you could have went out and bought like colored sand and then mixed it all together. Mm, I not hear that. But then that would have, that would have defeated the purpose of the white sand. No, I mean like layers, you know, where it has oh, yeah. a layer yeah. blue, a layer white. Yeah. The layered sands are very cool. Yeah, um, that way you could say this is wherever. Like wherever you that's go. My, that's my that's my Pensacola sand, my Panama City Beach sand. Yeah, like if you collected sand yeah. and you had a bottle, and that way that would represent everywhere that you've gone. That'd be actually pretty neat too. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. <laughs> I was like, what is the significance of white sand? Like, I was like, what? There's nothing wrong with it. Well, so what he was saying is that is that anywhere else that you go in the world, right, yeah. minus the Caribbean, the Caribbean. Uh, depends on your pronunciation, but minus minus that area and like that panhandle on the Gulf of Mexico, the sand's not white. You know, like it's 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 brown, it's rough, it's rocky, it's may I mean I don't know what the sand's like out in in um, California by the Pacific, but I know growing up, like you know, we were I was grew up in Baltimore, Maryland, so the beach we would always go to is like let's say Rehoboth Beach in Delaware or Ocean City in in Maryland, and sometimes. Maybe some of the beaches in New York and New Jersey. I mean, the sand's the sand there is brown, and it and it's it's a little bit gritty. It's a little bit the the pieces yeah. are a little bit bigger and stuff. And so the sand down there is so incredibly fine, and so incredibly white that it's it's unique almost worldwide. Yeah. That that was the significance of the white sand. Oh, okay. I just <laughs> I was like I probably would have put it in a bag. <laughs> yeah, I, it was. I mean, I I think maybe, maybe I should have asked him to get me some bags from his kitchen. Maybe that's what the secret was. Because I I think like in my head I was like I don't have any bags. I'm just not dealing with that. All right, moving on. Right. Maybe I should have been like, yeah, you think I should get some sand from the beach? All right, give me some. <laughs> can I have some bags? Yeah, yeah, and you could have, like you said, um. Well, I don't think you would have cared. I just, I just, you know, I, I'm only thinking of that now. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah, but now you have that idea of creating something with the sand that goes up in in the like a bottle or something like that. You can layer it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be kind of neat. Um, so then 
where is something that you or where is a location that you would revisit? Um, all of them, but uh, Yosemite most of all. Just uh, there was, there were certain sites that we wanted to see while we were there. That that even if we had seen them, I would still go back because there's so much to see there. But um, there were certain sites that we really wanted to see and we weren't able to because of the smoke and the haze from the forest fire that was happening this past summer. So I would definitely want to go back there, check out some of the same routes that we had done, and 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 check out some of those sites. Okay. All right, and then. Is there any location that you would consider moving to? Um, probably Colorado. Uh, you know, to be closer to the western parks would be pretty cool. Uh, I also like being. I, I also like the idea of being more acclimated to higher elevations, and so living in a place like Denver would automatically mean that you're acclimated to five thousand feet, and then by taking periodic trips up into the mountains, which is only a short drive away, you can keep your body acclimated to higher elevations so that if you ever decide to, you know, like, like living, I, I live at a, uh, what do, I think where I'm a thousand feet above sea level over here. So for me to jump on a plane and try and climb a mountain, I would be in really bad shape by the time I'm not even halfway up. Uh, and not, not nothing to do with what level of physical shape I'm in or not in, right? Mm -hmm but that's just got to do with how much oxygen my blood is carrying and how much my lungs are able to deal with the thin air up there. But if I was living in a place with at a higher elevation, then, then, and I was going up periodically, then my body would be much more better adapted to those higher elevations. And when I would be getting up to 8,000, 10,000, 12,000 feet, I would be able to breathe and able to, to, my body would have the right amount of red blood cells to carry the oxygen throughout the body, et cetera. Okay. <laughs> that was a good answer. Um, okay, so then um, with my podcast, I do like to ask some fun questions. So this is not going to pertain to traveling. Um, but um, what job would you be terrible at? Uh, good question. Um, what job would I be terrible at? Uh, making you think <laughs> yeah I, I don't I don't know I'm just saying like I'm trying to think of like the things that what about accounting I hate accounting there yeah, you there go. Go. let's go with that one <laughs> we'll go with that one okay I, I took accounting class in college I hated it oh so did I I actually work um and I, I don't really disclose exactly where I work on my podcast but uh where I do work uh there is an accountant and I told him I was like I don't know how you do it because when I took it, I averaged to see the entire time. It was the hardest class I think I've ever taken. So I had the hard, the toughest professor I've ever had. And she just right. happened to be the accounting professor. And it was, I don't know how people like doing that. To be honest, I really don't. Um, all right. So moving on to another question, if you could turn any activity into an Olympic sport, what would you have a good chance at winning medal for? Uh, any activity into an Olympic sport? Yeah. 
I'm asking these questions. <laughs> You're making me. I'm think not like I'm like yeah I'm like not I'm like not like ready for. Thrown off. It's okay. And yeah. So so I'm like think yeah that no it's fine. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I might be a contender for. Uh, lounging or for staying awake or for. I think either one of those might work. You know, staying awake when I got to get stuff done or. Uh, being able to relax when I just want to relax. I mean, I mean, the truth is, is that there's probably a lot of Netflix binge watchers who would out outshine me on that whole lounging thing. Uh-huh. But um, but you know, I'd, I'd I'd make a pretty good fight towards towards that gold. I think. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. like there, there's a time there's a time for walking. There is also a time for lounging. <laughs> yes, know? exactly. So like, if you were lounging and you could take a picture. And selfie it, I probably would win too. the the worst The worst selfie ever, I would win that. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't look good in photos. I just don't. <laughs> I'm just playing. I do in certain circumstances, but if I'm lounging on my couch, I don't. Just don't yeah. me on my couch. <laughs> um, <laughs> I look terrible. Um, we'll get a better couch. <laughs> yes, the couch is full. Um, <laughs> Um, what are some small things that make your day better? Uh, my kids. Well, obviously. Other than your kids. Mm, being alive. You know, it's, it's, it's that something. Is the that is the most typical answer coming from a motivational speaker. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the, hold on one second. Hold on one second. <laughs> You're hold like, on. hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Just one second. Tell me. You're going to tell me different. No, 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 no. But, but, but hear me out for a second. Right. And, and I, I understand it might be a typical answer, but, but, but there's, there's some contemplation behind this, you know, okay. uh, I, I don't know if you've been to a lot of funerals or not. And, and um, I have, I don't know, I'm, you know, I'm very unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so, you know, you go to these things and, and, and they're really sad and, 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 a lot of times the focus is on the person that we lost. Uh-huh. But but there's another aspect to it that a lot of times we're we're too tied up in the grief to to notice. Yeah. And that is that we're still alive, right? No matter what happened to us today, it's not nearly as bad as as what that guy's going through or what that girl's going through because they're dead and they're done. They're gone. Right. So we've still got it. Right. I mean, it could be the worst day in the world. Right. I mean, I mean, uh, they could have gotten into a car accident in the morning and then lost their job an hour later. And then uh, I don't know, their house could have caught on fire, you know, and like all these things are just blown up and everything's hitting the fan. And it's just going crazy. But their day is still better than that guy in the coffin or that girl in the coffin, you know. Right. And, and um, I don't think about that often. You know, I think about it when I go to funerals or when I'm driving around and I, a funeral passes me and I, it, it starts to come, you know, come to me. And then, and then on the same token, you know, when we're walking down the street and, and we see somebody who, I, I don't want to use the term is less fortunate than us because we don't know what they go through and they may consider themselves more fortunate than us. But when we see somebody who's missing something that we have, let's mm-hmm. say you see somebody in a wheelchair who's missing a leg or you see somebody uh working in a store who's missing a finger or walking around who's uh missing part of his nose or um uh needs some type of breathing apparatus or whatever it is 
right? When we, when we see somebody who is missing something that we have, it, it, it's a moment to take them to take just a second and recognize the blessings that we have. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, like, and we forget to do this and it's hard to do it. And, and, you know, we're also busy and we're also wrapped up in our own stuff that we don't notice these things around us. And, and the reason why I didn't want to say somebody less fortunate than us is because a lot of times you may find that the person who's missing that leg has worked on their mindset and worked on their attitude so much that they may consider themselves more fortunate than some of the people who are walking around. And the reason being is because they've recognized all the blessing in their life and they've, and they've, and they appreciate it day in and day out. And, and whereas a lot of people don't. And so that's why I don't want to use the words like, you know, um, when we see somebody less fortunate than us, when we see somebody who is, is, who is missing stuff that we currently have. Yeah. And uh, that's well put. Is, is um, that a live thing still all cliche and the same thing in any other movie? Somewhat, <laughs> but I can't be too hypocritical because I did make a posting on my LinkedIn profile and I will read it to you because I somewhat am a motivational speaker in certain circumstances, but I was just, I watched this video on YouTube and, um, and it was like one of those inspiring videos, whatever. So I said, um, first ask yourself, what makes me happy? Then I want you to think about why you are still here on this earth. You might be curious as to why I am asking these questions and I will explain. Each day we are alive, we should all be grateful that we are, we are here to witness many cherishable moments with those closest to us, as well as experience everything the world has to offer to us. We shouldn't take life for granted. Sometimes we go day by day thinking that tomorrow will bring us the same events that just happened today. The truth is, we don't know if tomorrow will come. We assume it will, but in reality, life as we know it can end when we close our eyes at night. Each day we are alive, we should live it as if it was our last day here on earth. As cheesy as that sounds, we do have to do all that we can before tomorrow comes. This video should be a wake-up call to those that go day by day thinking that nothing good will ever come to them. This is why I I choose to be as positive as I can, so those good things will come to me. There are days that I do experience sadness and a frustration. However, the next day will be completely different from today. Take advantage of what the world is offering you. Believe in yourself and others so that the world can be a better place. That's really nice. Oh, I know. It came from me. <laughs> um, and humble. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I am always talking about being positive um, because I've, I've gone through a lot. And I've tried to move away from all the negativity in my life, regardless of who that may be. Uh, Sometimes you have to eliminate family members. If they cause too much stress, too much uh, frustration, even if it's just for um, a week or two, just go away. You don't have to talk to them. Just let them know, hey, I don't appreciate what you've told me. I need to take some time away from you or I need some space. If it gets to the point where you honestly have to eliminate them from your life completely, that's on you. But focus on yourself and what makes you happy. Um, There are certain people in my family that have become distant uh, because of the choices that they made. It's nothing that I am 
um, avoiding of um, forgiving what they've done. It's just, it's one of those circumstances where you'll never forget. And that causes so much friction in the relationship that we have. And um, so that is the choice they made and that it eliminates all negativity from moving forward in my life. Um, so sometimes you have to eliminate family members. You may have to eliminate friends because yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's 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 part of a personal growth thing. Is that when you when if if you recognize that certain people in your life are toxic and are and are causing issues in your life that are recurrent and and that you just can't get over or that they just can't get over and that they're constantly a drain on your personal energy and they're constantly a drain on you and and the things that you're trying to do right. and, and and constantly just beating down on where you're trying to go. Uh, you know, if it's a friend, you can cut them out of your life. If it's a family member, you can do as much as you can to cut them out of your life. And then, and then in certain situations, you just have to maintain your distance and it's, it's hard. It's upsetting. It doesn't make it easy. Uh, but, and this, this is a rule across the board is you got to look out for number one, because if you don't look out for you, who's going to be looking out for you? Right. Uh, you know, in 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 uh, in the wilderness first responder, the woofer training, and I believe in any medical training, the 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 first thing that they try and and hammer in is the most important person in a rescue situation is you. The second, you know, and and the reason being is that because you're the one who knows how to handle the situation, you're the one who knows how to how to how to deal with the situation on the ground. If you are reckless with your own safety, then you jeopardize not only the person who is now hurt, the patient, but uh -huh. you jeopardize the safety of everybody in the group. So if that means that 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 you can't get to the patient in time for whatever reason, let uh, I don't know, flood water, this, that, the other thing, whatever, that, because you have to take care of your own personal safety, it's unfortunate. It's not pleasant. It's not a decision anybody ever wants to have to make, but the number one person, you so it's the same type of thing that you have to take into your own life is that you got to look out for you. If you're not looking out for you, nobody else is looking out for, nobody else is going to look out for you quite like you will. So if you continuously never look out for yourself, then you're not going to be, you're not going to, you're not going to be anything. And you're going to be continuously just, you know, shoving yourself down. It's not going to, it's not going to be helpful. It's not going to be, it's not going to be allowing you to be your best self and, and, and your life will have the most impact and the most meaning if you are allowing yourself to be, if you're not allowing, if you're, if you're making yourself be your best self. Yeah. yeah I completely agree. Uh, my issue uh, with myself and I've struggled with it most of my life is accepting myself for who I am. I am, oh, growing up, I was considered a pushover because I hardly ever said no. I think it was just ingrained in me to keep saying yes and to keep doing things to please other people because I, I had this need to want to be liked and want to be in, I guess, the good part of people's lives, not necessarily wanting to be shunned. And so I've struggled with that um, even now. I, I'm a little bit more confident in myself and making my choices. I can say no if I want to, but I still want to make other people happy. Like I would honestly sacrifice my life for someone else 
Right. And so, so one thing, I mean, they've made comedy movies about that before, but you know, one, one exercise that, that you may want to explore is, is saying no automatically. Yeah. I, and I have, I, I oh, have okay. really, yeah, I've really tried hard, but you know, if, if I were to help someone else out and it, it could be anyone, it could be a stranger, a complete stranger. I would just sacrifice my life. And I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't think like that but I do. And it's because I've had this need to help people forever. And I, I just, I want to make the world a better place. And I know it's first, I'd have to start accepting myself. And so I, I've struggled with that. And, um, but I'm working on it. And I'm a lot more confident now in myself than I was years ago, for sure. I've come a long way. Um, but I try not to preach what um others want to hear i try to preach what's coming from myself from my heart from what i understand uh, from my experiences because i don't want to be labeled as a hypocrite i don't want to preach about self-acceptance when i'm not doing it myself so um my journey i feel like my purpose right now is to explore the world my way not anyone else's and my son is the most important thing in my life right now so i want to be able to share that with him um so yeah so it, i know we're off topic a little bit but um that's what i'm dealing with which is that much yeah so i mean uh one one book i would recommend you taking a look at is there's a book called um the priority list it's have you ever read it no um but i believe someone else told me about that it's it's an incredibly moving book uh, a bit of a tearjerker but it's worth the read and and in it he he talks about this project uh project exercise that he used to give to his high school students and um you know it would be worth it would be worth taking a read taking a gander and and, and just absorbing what he talks about and then seeing what parts of that you can apply to your own life, you know, sitting down and writing your own priority list and, and, and seeing how it changes over time. Okay. I'll have to check that book out. I don't read as much as I should, but I'm making it a goal this year uh, to read a lot more um, that isn't online by any means. Um, so another question is um what's something you've been meaning to try but haven't gotten around to it mm. skiing okay. yeah downhill or cross country i don't care i want to do both um i just haven't gotten around to it i want to jump out of a plane Ooh, not me Mm, me. <laughs> <That's> me. <laughs> I look. I I don't know if I was backed into a. You know I don't. I don't know if I was somewhat backed into a corner to like go go go. I probably would. Um. It's just not my idea of fun. Okay. <laughs> I mean, look. Everybody's got their own idea of fun. You know, like we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, of course. Like You're very adventurous. That's why I. I well, I'm kind of shocked you say no. <laughs> well, again, right? So, like, I'm not going to actively seek it out. Uh, 
if there was a situation where I was somewhat pushed into it and like a bunch of people were like, oh, we're all going, you should come. That's not to say I'll be pressured into it, but like, you know, maybe I'll be like, ah, uh, you know, let's, I'll just go for the group experience or something. I don't know, maybe. So anyone that knows him right now, make plans. <laughs> I, I don't think I know a lot of people. I don't think I know a lot of people who would want to go skydiving. Me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's, you it's like you know me now. <laughs> I, but I'm, okay, so so with roller coasters, right? Like I really like roller coasters, but I'm not the hugest fan of the. I love roller coasters. On the way down. <laughs> right. Yeah, so you're like not the, a big fan of heights. I mean, you rock climb. No, 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 I don't mind heights. I don't mind heights. I, I, I mind falling off of heights. <laughs> right. So like, you I like, like the, the feeling of your stomach jumping. Right. I, but, but like, I've, I've, I recognized. Meaning, when I was younger, I didn't go on roller coasters at all. So I recognized that that I enjoy roller coasters a lot. And and in order to get the the overall feeling of the roller coaster, I need to go down. So fine. So okay, fine. So I go down. I get the stomach jumping, whatever, and I get over it. And it's, after the first couple times in a day, like I'm totally fine. But but like the idea of getting into a plane just to go all the way up and then giving myself that feeling on the entire way down, if that's what it feels like, just it, it just doesn't sound appealing to me. Do you know what I'm saying? Who knows if you would actually feel that? Because see, what the thing is, it's different with um, roller coasters. And you have to think of it like this. With roller coasters, you're at an angle, right? And your stomach is literally, you, it feels like it's going up. When you're jumping out of a plane, you are flying more nosedive. So, and like sort of in a horizontal way. So I don't feel like you'd, you would experience the rush that you get from a roller coaster. I feel like it'd be quite different because I feel like the wind's actually pushing down onto your chest rather than up. Does that make yeah. sense? I, I, I understand what you're saying. I just, I just, um, not it's a no-go I, I get I, it I would, I, would, I would another thing that I would say that I really that I've wanted to try for a long time but I haven't had a chance to is flying a plane like that I'm very interested in trying ah that would be fun wouldn't it that would be really fun for sure I think I would crash but that would be really fun I wouldn't I wouldn't fly by myself personally oh no I wouldn't fly. <laughs> no. don't trust me with that I I don't care what I say <laughs> oh so, a uh, next question: What quirks do you have? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, what type of quirks are you talking about? Uh, usually. I mean, I, I know that I have quirks. I just I'm trying to think of like what what I have and what I'm. What does your wife do. wife notice? Certain quirks that you have, like some people say, um, like when they're reading in bed, they bite their lip when they're reading or like certain quirks i read a lot do you have a funny face i don't when really look at my face that often when i'm reading i'm saying i just said wait what did your wife notice? Uh, she doesn't pay i don't think she pays that much attention to me when i'm Aww, reading so um what funny quirks really <laughs> what funny quirks if you don't think of any that's okay too um I'm always I I don't know if you want to call it teasing, but I guess you could call it teasing. Uh I'm always like, you know, just pretending like the other way. Like, you know, if I have to be if I'm supposed to be home in three minutes and I'm 
almost home and I'm sitting by the light and I'm around the corner and my wife's like, wait, where are you? Why aren't you home yet? I'm like, oh, what do you mean? I'm just leaving right now, like 20 minutes away. And she freaks out for five minutes and then I pull up. Um, you know, when my kids are, you know, certain things with my kids, I'll do the same type of thing. I'll be like, oh, okay, tell mom this and this and that, you know, tell mom we left the exact thing that we went to the store to get it at the store. And we walk inside and they've got this giant smile on their face. Like, yeah, we left it at the store. And, and she's like, what? And they're like, ah, oh, it's in the car. Ha, ha, ha. You know, so I'm, I'm doing that all the time. So you're witty. I, I don't know if that's witty. I mean, that's kind of probably more of a corner. I mean, I, I hope, I like to think that sometimes I'm witty, but. It might be a mix, though. I feel like witty is just you're, like, you're really quick to think of something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but then you're corny at the same time. Like it's funny, but not funny. I, I have a I have a theory that that for sure men and probably women also get cornier as they age. So it's only a matter of time. <laughs> it's only before it gets worse. <laughs> oh no, um, not looking forward to that. <laughs> well, on the plus side, by the time you get there, you won't really realize. So you might there. not even remember yourself by then. You ever think of that? By the time um, you realize that yourself that you're not funny, you might not remember that you were you. Yeah, I you know. <laughs> Just um, think about it. I mean, you know, you, you can you can pretty much gauge how funny you might be or not be based on like the people around you, what their what their reactions are. So I don't know. Yeah, but if you think that you're funny, then you're funny. Why why would anyone else like why would their reactions determine how funny you are? Well, funny subjective. So, I mean, I can crack myself up, but that doesn't make me a funny person. That makes me funny to me. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's all that matters. Yeah, granted. Yeah, self-acceptance. <laughs> right, from a self-acceptance <laughs> standpoint. But, but if, the, if, if you're trying to bring light, levity, and laughter into people's lives, yeah, you read so, like how they react it is yeah. important. Of course, yeah, if you like to please people. <laughs> um so what are some things you've had to unlearn um like you wish you've never learned some things that i wish i never learned uh, uh procrastination you want to know something that i learned today female spotted hyenas you ever heard of this whole thing no female spotted hyenas have what is called a pseudo penis it is a, essentially their clitoral organ grows out and basically looks the exact same like a penis. And um, for a long time, like but way, way, way back when researchers thought that they were hermaphrodites, uh, not hermaphrodite, um, is that the right word? The one that switches back and forth? I think so, yeah. Okay, so they thought there were something, you know, and then uh, at some point they realized that no, that just the women have this pseudo penis which is there's a name for it with the clitoris and, and stuff um their clitoris just grows into this giant pseudo penis which is basically the size which the way that it works and and it was piquing my interest because i was like they was talking about that they use it to mate with and i was like how does that actually work <laughs> but but basically what happens is is that there's some type of musculature thing that they are able to draw the whole thing inside their body and create an orifice for the mating to happen which is why they say that a female hyena can never be raped she will only mate with somebody she actually wants to mate because she has to do this whole physical action before she mates mm -hmm. and then 
and then birthing wise she gives birth through it which is why you ready for this kick mm -hmm. kicker which is why only 60 percent of the first child which is no which is why 60 percent of the first child that is born is a stillborn because it takes so long to get away from everything and into um and, and and out of the full birthing canal that it just it suffocates on its way out and i actually i actually came across that fact on the popular science the weirdest thing i learned this week podcast might as well plug the fact that i you know learned it from them yeah yeah uh, credit, credit i didn't know this doing. yeah I didn't know this, but thank you for sharing. <laughs> Do you wish you didn't know that yet? No, no. It's always interesting to know about animals. What are you addicted to? Coffee. Yes. I like the taste of coffee. I like I the taste, it's, texture. It's, it's I don't know the texture. Sleep, though. Is that weird? Um, sometimes I can go to sleep after a coffee. No, I could drink like three pots and go to sleep. Oh, wow. Yeah, Isn't I knew, knew something like that before. Um, I want to thank you for joining my show. You have social media links that will be posted in the description. And um, is there anything else you would like to say to everyone? No, just uh, you know, keep moving forward. Keep 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 believing in yourself, and and uh, you, you know, no matter where you are, you know, you, you just just remember that that tomorrow's a new day. Okay. All right. Well, um, thank you for being part of the podcast and maybe eventually in the future, because you are a motivational speaker. So if there happens to be a topic where I want a little bit more encouragement, I'm hoping that you'd be willing to be a part of it because um, there might be more people a part of the podcast as well that you might be able to speak to. And uh, so, yeah, well, it won't be as weird as the one that just happened now. <laughs> okay but i hope everyone enjoyed it because like i said there's nothing to hide on my podcast so yeah oh no it's not it's just a matter of um subject matter yeah it's it, it's <laughs> it starts getting sticky with going against religion and whatever you know just not i avoid it at all costs i do explain that i'm more spiritual than anything but that it pretty much ends there um i don't go oh yeah no, oh, no no that's oh, i wasn't saying to bring up religion what i was saying is that that whole genre of stuff to do and everything uh, starts getting into going against my religion. So like, I would rather just not even open up the can of worms and just, you know, look, do people do it? Sure. But we don't need to talk about it. Oh, okay. All right. So I will. Sorry, I didn't, I should have, I probably should have been clear about that earlier. Maybe we would have uh, avoided uh, into other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm I so sorry. I apologize. Um, I, don't worry about it. I, it's it's all good. Okay. All right. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed this time, and I'm sorry if this taken most of your night. Um, well, you get back to your babies, and I'll get back to mine. Um, like I said, I hope that we get together again. So. Um, yep. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> all right. No problem. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you for having me online. On. No problem. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye.